Coming to you plausibly live from Cleveland and Columbus, <laughs> Bo Bishop, Johnny Kinter, the, uh, the Dubcast. Uh, welcome in, kids. Uh, brought to you, as always, by the Dry Goods Store at 11 Warriors. New shop, new new gear in there that's pretty cool. You know, the czar was down at the uh, television taping today, my friend, and he was right. showing off one of the hats uh, that, are, that we get right out of, I believe, the Finley area. Uh, yeah. It was a nice looking lid. The czar had himself a nice lid. He had a, he had himself a nice little bag of swag that he brought down there. And uh, I got to tell you, there's some good there's some goods in there that the people need to get their hands on. One thing Jason really loves to do is to uh, to wear as much Eleven Warriors gear as humanly possible at all times. <laughs> and I can't blame him for it. I mean, yeah, no, I would too. It's I think that's right. kind of the way it goes, right? You, you, the best example of that is Michael Jordan, who I've never seen in anything other than a Jordan logo. I mean, the guy, the way, okay. So hang on, though. I've never seen him in anything other than a Jordan logo. Have you ever seen the Tumblr account that is like entirely devoted to Michael Jordan's fashion choices? Oh no, but they're t- horrific. I mean, oh yeah. He, if you he continues to wear those like baggy straight leg jeans that are just crazy looking, <laughs> he's a big Junko like, jean guy. He um, really is. He just won't stop. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I recommend everybody check that out because it's it, basically if you want to see a man worth you know somewhere in the realm of five hundred million dollars wear like plaid jumpers and and he does. You know, Junko jeans. I it's, yep. it's, it's, it's a good time. Like everybody else has kind of moved on, and he just continues to think it's nineteen ninety four. Like he won't come off of it. It's hilarious. I actually played golf in the group in front of him about five years ago. That's in fantastic. Southern California. And we were, I was on the driving range and there was all this commotion and all of a sudden there he is. I mean, he's unmistakably Michael Jordan shows up on the driving range and uh, there's, it was crazy just watching him, you know, how people, how there were a lot of influential people at this thing and how all of them just stopped when he walked into the room. Like he's one of those guys who just the room stops when he walks in and, um, he had a, uh, the, the, the cool, the one anecdote that I'll never forget is he had a Carolina blue and white golf bag, leather golf bag. And it said, although the only thing it said on it was the symbol, the Jumpman symbol, and then it had a picture of every Air Jordan sewn onto the bag. <laughs> I just thought, like, <laughs> of all the, all of the, like, the shoe, it really was the shoe. Like, the shoe is what made him a billionaire, was that line and the shoes. And so that's where his love was, was that. And I just thought of all the, you know, not like a Bulls or anything like that, but it was Carolina blue and white, a Jumpman logo, and then he had all the shoes. It was pretty That's bad. fantastic. Good uh, for him. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, well, yeah, he's the best it ever was, so he can do whatever he wants. Um, as as look, so here's here's the thing, kids. We've got Wisconsin this week. And we want to spend the Lions share of time there, but there are a couple of things that I think we need to get off our chest for Indiana. Number one, does Kevin Sumlin or Kevin Wilson rather? I did this on radio this week too. I called Kevin Wilson Kevin Sumlin. Does Kevin will he might be a better coach to be honest? Does Kevin Wilson have a voodoo doll of Urban Meyer? Because the <laughs> way that the Buckeyes struggle, Urban's Buckeyes struggle. Every coach, I guess, has their bugaboos. Tress had Purdue, and and I think Urban's is Indiana. Now the good news is, even though that they kind of have his number, you still win by twenty one and you're fine. But this was just kind of an uninspired, tepid performance from Ohio State on Saturday. And I thought that this would be the time when they handled their business, covered the spread, and we'd continue to get rolling. And the most troubling thing for me, Johnny, was just the inability to throw the football. I know it's dominated conversation in Columbus this week. Uh, I was down there today, and that's all the, our beat guys, uh, Eric and Tim, were talking about was how JT was kind of bothered by all the questioning about it. Listen, if you throw, if you have the type of passing performance that they had Saturday, you're going to be questioned about it. Um, it's nothing for me to panic about, but I do 
there, I, I have to admit there was some of me watching that game that it reminded me of Michigan State, the way that they were playing offense. And I hope they don't revert back to that as this season goes along. Well, I think one of the things that was making a lot of people angry, and, and even on the site, I mean, I know Kyle Jones was watching this game and, and losing his com- just completely losing his mind. Because, um, you know, he does all the, you know, the schematics and whatnot. Yep. And he was, yeah, he was going insane because they weren't really doing anything to establish the passing game. And it's one thing not to pass. It's another thing not to try to pass. And it didn't seem like they were even interested (laughs) in, in that aspect and that half of the offense. Um, So that was one thing that, that kind of bothered me where it was like, you know what, we're not even going to, we're not going to throw intermediate passes. We're not going to even throw a little dump off pass just to get JT's in confidence. We're going to win this game the easiest, most direct possible way that we can. For me, I, I mean, Curtis Samuel being used as a decoy for pretty much the entire first half was baffling. I don't understand how yeah. you do that with a guy that talented. Um, overall, it just seems like a really uninspired offensive game plan and not one where they really seemed interested in developing the, the team. And that that's insane to me because you would think at this point, especially against that kind of opponent, that would be the perfect time to do that. So, yeah, yeah and it was, you know, it was the fact that JT Barrett had as many carries as the two as Samuel and Weber had combined. Right. It was just right. weird. I, I don't know where it came from. So I'm just going to chalk it up to, you know, Kevin Sumlin's got some sort of voodoo doll on Urban and it, it causes these things because I can't make sense. But I mean, last year, a soap star's son scored a 90 yard touchdown on us in the end of the game. I mean, like just weird things happen with Indiana when Urban Meyer plays them. So I'm just going to chalk it up to that and try to put it in the rearview mirror because otherwise it just gets a little bit frustrating. Um, the other thing I would say about Indiana is Kevin Wilson's a hell of a football coach. And I, yeah. I give a lot of credit to the people at Indiana the the line one of my favorite lines is a man's got to know his limitations and i love that the indiana football program is is realizes that this is as good as it gets that what kevin sumlin is currently doing at indiana is as good as it gets at indiana or kevin wilson i did it again that kevin, <laughs> what kevin wilson is doing at indiana is as good as it gets at indiana because i think he's a heck of a football coach there are real there's a real ceiling there that i don't think you can break through um, and so I, I just think he does a heck of a job based on the talent that he has. And they're, they're, they're a competent football team. And yeah. when I was in Columbus before he got there, they weren't, and they're competent now. So, so I tip my hat to them. I mean, look, if you're not going to be really, really good, you should at least be interesting. And Kevin That's Wilson right. in Indiana are interesting. It's, it's an interesting team to watch. They always have at least three or four guys who are like, okay, this is, these are legit football players. And he's a great offensive game planner i mean the stuff that he did i mean that, that little fade that he did for the touchdown it was brilliant with the the tight end i mean that was a really really great call against ohio state's defensive tendencies um it's a fun team to watch and i was kind of saying after the game that you know i i feel that every mega program like ohio state or alabama you've got to have some kind of kryptonite you got to have some kind of like little <laughs> weird weakness right that shouldn't happen and if you know if indiana's that for urban Meyer, then that's okay. Because I think yeah. it's, it's an interesting opponent. It's a cool coach. I think Kevin Wilson, like you said, has done some amazing things at a school where it's really difficult to do really well. And it's interesting. Like, again, it's, it's a cool team to watch and match up against Ohio state. It may be frustrating when Ohio state doesn't, you know, play to their standards. But, you know, if you look at the past five years or so against Indiana, I mean, there have been some real like legitimate nail biters, um, yeah, I think they've, probably they've probably covered the game I've ever watched. Uh, against yeah, I, I think they've covered like, five, you're right. Yeah, I think Indiana's covered Johnny like five, the last five times. 
or something yeah. like that. It's four out of the last five times they've covered the spread. Um, yeah, they, they I, I thought this year they'd break out of it. You're, you're exactly right. There's been some classic games, and this wasn't that. I mean, this game was never in doubt, but at the same no. time, it was more interesting than I think, certainly than I thought it would be. Uh, it reminds me very much of Tulsa, and that was 45 to three or whatever, but then you rolled, you go into Oklahoma and you, you see everything gets expo- exploited uh, when you play a real opponent and you really, you know, take the shackles off and you let everybody go play. And that that's the way that I think we're, as we transition to the Wisconsin con part of this conversation, that's kind of my thinking about what will happen on Saturday is that we will see an unfettered Urban Meyer offense, the Ohio State offense. We will see them the way that they were against Oklahoma. I think that they will come out ultra aggressive. Here's the deal that's interesting. There's so many things that are interesting about this. First of all, Madison at night, fantastic. Camp Randall at night, jump around, all the things that come with that. Game day will be there. That adds to the hype. People I know, some people don't like yeah, you know, they think there's some sort of partisanship with game day. I really don't think there is. Um, I, I think they they try to go to the best games most times. I think they didn't this year when they went to Florida State and Louisville. But other than that, I think they almost always go to the right game, and and they're they're going to be there, and that's going to add some juice to the game. Um, you get it at night, and you get a Wisconsin team that, despite you know redshirt freshman quarterback losing their best defensive player, um, and Corey Clement not really being great. You get a Wisconsin team that's battle-tested, that's not going to be shocked by the talent, that's played LSU and beaten them in Lambeau, that went toe-to-toe with Michigan and Ann Arbor and beat Michigan State. And whatever Michigan State is now, that's a tough way to – you don't see people roll into East Lansing and win like that. And so they've done those things. So they will not be shocked by the talent that opposes them on Saturday. And so I I really think that, that this sets up to be really a classic atmosphere and a classic matchup on Saturday night. I think it just depends on which Wisconsin team you get, right? I mean, I think Wisconsin earlier in the year looked really good. I mean, the one against LSU was, I think, a little less impressive than it was, you know, initially. But, you know, Wisconsin was also the team that had to beat Georgia State by a touchdown, right? It's true. Like, That's true. And, and, and they're a team that looked completely offensively inept against, granted, a really, really good Michigan defense, yep. but hey, they did nothing against them. So I don't no. really know who's going to show up, you know, at eight o'clock at, in Camp Randall. Like it's it's going to be a really, it's I I don't know I don't know how tight of a game it could be. It could be a complete blowout by Ohio State. Ohio State could roll in there, you know, with their their butts on fire and, and wanting to make up from last week and just roll right over them. And on the other hand, Wisconsin has a decent defense. They can do a lot of really interesting things uh, to a quarterback who maybe not be consistent from week to week. And you you want to see JT Barrett come out and, and do what he needs to do. But if he comes out shaky, they can make him look bad. And I don't know, it, it could be a tight game. It could be a blowout. And that's to me, um, I don't know. It's not what I'm excited about. Cause I really want to see a, a good Ohio state win, but I'm always, I, I just think the atmosphere at camp Randall at night is electric. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to make up for the things that you talked about as deficiencies, and you're you're right. They could they got nothing going against Michigan. Uh, the redshirt freshman quarterback could not. He had three three picks in the game, uh, yeah. in Ann Arbor, and they couldn't move the football. Uh, you know, Hornibrook could through the three picks. Clement couldn't get. I mean, he's averaging seventy five yards a game. All Big Ten tailback is averaging seventy five yards a game. He's been a non factor. Uh, running the football. They haven't been able to get anything going, but they're they're really well coached. They play very sound defense. For Ohio State, you know, we, you remember all the conversation we had before Oklahoma that this is a JT Barrett game? You know, we said that this is a JT Barrett game. He's got to be right. good. And he he was more than that. He was great. He played nearly perfect. Put himself in Heisman conversation. He probably bounced out of that a little bit with the, with the performance last week, but Heisman voters will forget that because of the schedule that he has coming up. I mean, he's going to be 
in prime time in front of a lot of eyeballs. I mean, what are we talking about? Like six, five times in the next seven, eight weeks? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's just going to be ridiculous the amount of games that they have with massive exposure over the next couple of months, next next six, eight weeks. So he's going to have every opportunity. It starts on Saturday. To me, he's got to rebound. The, they have to find Noah Brown off the wanted person's list. I mean, he's on a milk <laughs> carton. Buddy, I, I thought when I thought after Oklahoma, like that was yeah, welcome to the show, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I really thought so. I thought that was welcome to the show, Noah Brown, that he was going to be a dominant player and he's disappeared for two weeks. Um, so he's got to get it together. And you know, if he's in a doghouse or whatever's going on, like he's got to get it figured out. And they they need him to be great. And they need him to sh- to shine bright under the bright lights. And I, I think that he will. And this is this is this feels to me a lot like Oklahoma. Like I think they'll have the same approach. Uh, Wisconsin. The difference though is Wisconsin does not have Baker Mayfield or Samaj P. Ron or Joe Mixon. They don't have those guys. So I don't think Wisconsin can keep up in any way offensively with Ohio State. And I don't sense that Wisconsin's defense is even in the same realm. Um, good enough to keep Ohio state under, you know, 30 points. I it just can't see it. And I, so I, to me, this feels like, I don't know even know what the spread is, but it feels like this is the type of game where Ohio state will handle their business and, and come out, you know, guns a blazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, defensively, I think Wisconsin, their defensive line is solid. And I think if they can control Ohio state's rushing game, which basically nobody's really been able to do fully, you know, as outside of Ohio state's kind of high profile losses against you know, Michigan State and whatnot. But for the most part, it's really, really difficult to slow down, you know, Curtis Samuel and Weber and JT Barrett. And without right. their ability to do that, they're not they're not going to win that game. Like, they, that defensive line has to have basically the game of their lives, I think, for them to really have a good shot at that. To your point about Noah Brown, I mean, I think he's had like three catches in the past two games. Yeah. <laughs> he had more touchdowns in one game against right. Oklahoma than he's had catches in the last two games. And that can't continue. And, and again, when you're playing at night on the road, you know, against a top 10 opponent, you would hope that guys who have that type of ability will step up and show that kind of ability like he did against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And they, again, they have to get those kind of guys involved in the offense. Um, part of it, of course, if you're a wide receiver is you got to get separation. You've got to get in the right spot. But you know, again, going back to Curtis Samuel, he can't be a, he can't be a distraction. He can't be a decoy. He has to no. be, the guy they have to get him at least 10 to 15 touches in the first half because it would be stupid not to um, didn't he only have nine touches in the game last week it was something ridiculous and it, yeah i don't understand just... why you would do that i mean you're not you're certainly not hiding the playbook for wisconsin like there's no reason to do that so no, it, I, I can't make any sense of it um yeah. i can't make any sense of it you're right on their defense their defenses will be probably the best that we've seen all season uh, I, they're without their best player on defense, though. Still, so that's something that right. that you got to deal with. They're not as good as they as they could be. You got to deal with them at night. You got to deal with a raucous atmosphere. We talked last week about what's this team's weakness, and we kind of settled on they haven't been pushed. It was all intangibles, right? Because there was nothing physically you could point to. So it was right. always going to be intangible things you'd point to. You haven't been punched in the mouth. How are you going to handle adversity? You know, if they get down ten points or fourteen points, which it's hard for me to believe that they would with with that quarterback and the as inefficient as he's been. Um, but if that were to happen, how they respond will be interesting to me. But it sets up as a Let's this to me, when you look at the meat of this schedule that's coming, this is the first domino. I mean, this is okay, it's game time. Right. Let's make a run of national title. It starts Saturday night in Madison. That's kind of the way I'm viewing it. Yeah, if they don't if they don't come out and look really, really good, um, I think you can maybe start thinking about 
is this team a little too young? Did they get play a little above their heads for a little bit, and then maybe they're coming back down to earth, especially as the grind right. of the season comes on? On the other hand, if they come out and just blow somebody out and say, all right, well, that was an aberration, Indiana, and maybe sometimes they struggle a little bit in the first half to get going. But, yeah, if they come out and just blow the crap out of Wisconsin, I think that will definitely raise my spirits for, I think they've got like 8 o'clock at Penn State, and yep. then 5.30, and then 8 o'clock again. And I don't think they've determined the yep. times for Maryland and uh, after that. But it's just, it's, the night games, look, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I've told myself, internally I've done this, but I've told myself I'm not <laughs> going to complain about night games because I don't want to be the old, like, oh, I old people got to right. go to bed. I don't want to do any of that. Um, but I do think that the constant hype that you have to deal with when, when you're coming into town, right? When you're Ohio state and you, you play these yeah. road night games, there's so much more, not at stake necessarily, but, but so much more inertia to that type of game for the mm-hmm. home team. And they are going to be so hyped and they're going to be just, the party's going to be going crazy and the crowd's going to be going crazy. And you know, the players are going to be hitting harder. And I think trying to deal with that week in and week out can really wear a team down. Um, and I, I will be interesting to, it'll be really interesting to see, and I will be interested to see how a really young team deals with that many consecutive, highly emotional games uh, against opponents who really, I mean, that's their entire season right there for a lot of them. Like, can we take down yeah. Ohio State at night? Because that's hard, man. That, that's really hard to deal with that on a week in, week out basis. Yeah, it is. You know, I've talked to the, players about this before and they they will often say that it's easier to play a night game on the road than at home um because at home you know you you've you just feel like you're just you know both of them you just feel like you're sitting all day but because at home it's kind of a known commodity on the road it's kind of an unexpected commodity but we haven't played madison since 2012 uh yeah. that was an overtime game and then in 2011 uh, or was it 2011 or 10 no 2010 when you're undefeated and you you know, you're number one in the country and they beat you up there. So when JJ yeah. Watt kind of made the name for himself. So, um, you know, this will be the, as far as Madison, this will be a, one of the bigger games that they've had up there, have a number two Ohio state. There'll be kids on, on campus there that haven't had a game this big. Uh, this will be the biggest game that they, that they'll ever see in Madison. And so, uh, the, the hype for it will be absolutely electric and they're pretty good against Ohio state. When Ohio State is ranked, they've twice knocked Ohio State off when they're ranked number one in the country. Ohio State something like thirteen and nine when they play in October, with Ohio State with a winning record, but thirteen and nine when they play in October in Madison. So uh, historically, so there's precedent for them beating Ohio State up there, and they'll be fired up. They'll be keyed up to go, and that's why I think Urban Meyer historically, when he plays in a game like this, he comes out swinging and goes for the jugular. I'm reminded of 2014 and East Lansing when they were a, an underdog against Michigan State and Michigan State, everybody thought was going to maybe make a run at the Big Ten and so forth, and that set the, the path to the national title. That was the kind of the, the, the one where we said, oh, this is, this is something else. We had that right. year. Um, and and I, to me, we saw it at Oklahoma. I just think you're going to see Ohio State heavyweight championship Ohio State come swinging for the fences on Saturday. And I, I don't blame – I don't think there's anything that we can take over from the Indiana game at all, no hangover. I just think you're going to see a totally different Ohio State team on Saturday night. And, Johnny, when I look at their talent, I, it, the matchup just doesn't seem close to me. And when I think of a redshirt freshman quarterback who three, threw three picks against Michigan's secondary – Michigan's secondary is very good. They're going to have two guys going the top, first round in the NFL draft. But when you when you think about – 
that kid throwing three picks and how aggressive Ohio State's playing in the back end, it just sets up as a recipe for a big Ohio State win Saturday night. Yeah, the, especially with the way they've been playing as of late. I mean, not even as of late, the entire season. It, they've just played with their hair on fire. And what I love about it, and we've talked about this before, and I've mentioned this before, is that it's they're not playing anticipatory secondary play, if that makes sense. They're, they're not sitting back it and waiting for does. The, the, Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not mm-hmm. sitting back and waiting for the quarterback to throw to them. They're attacking when they see points of attack. And, and you've seen so many interceptions this year from Ohio State defensive backs who have been watching the quarterback's eyes and going, you know what? I'm going to leave that assignment for a second because I know I can get that interception. And when you've got a guy who, like you said, is, is a little green and a little, you know, like maybe nervous and a little gun shy, especially the way he's performed last week. Um, I think that is a huge, huge plus for Ohio State, and I would love to see. I would love to see like a couple pick sixes and stuff like that because you know we were robbed a little bit last week, and I we were. I want to see a little bit more of that. I want to see a little bit more of that. Yeah, me too. You know, we were talking on the television show. We did a couple of minutes on this, but I want to bring it up with you today on the Dubcast uh, because of Ohio State going to Madison, and uh, Madison's one of those places that I would definitely recommend if you're a Buckeye fan. If you haven't, if you wanted to like road trip the Big Ten, I would recommend Madison for sure. Like, it's a great town. It's a phenomenal atmosphere, especially at night, which it most times is uh, when we go up there. Um, it's great. It's not my favorite stop in the Big Ten but it would definitely be one that you would road trip to. And we started thinking like, what are the best, you know, what would be the ones like if you said, this is, if somebody was from the South and you said, come to a big 10 road game, but you can't go to Ohio state because Ohio state plays there. Where would you tell them to go? And I'm thinking certainly Madison would be up there, but it would not be as good as Ann Arbor. I would definitely recommend somebody who's never been to a big 10 game to go to Ann Arbor and watch Ohio state, Michigan. That's obviously would be number one, but on sheer atmosphere, I think Penn state's the best. Um, it's the, it's the loudest, it's the most unique, it's so collegiate. Um, and if you can try to shield yourself from the, from the despicable things that happen there, you, you are left with a tremendous feel for like how great college football can be when you, when you play over there. And the fact that Ohio States goes Madison and happy Valley back to back, that's crazy. Cause those are yeah. two of the really, really great road trips in the big 10. There's some dogs. I mean, Purdue's a dog, <laughs> Illinois is a dog. Illinois is the worst because it's like five and a half hours and it's just the worst. Right. Um, but 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 really, you're. I think these are two of the best, two of the three best. I, I'm I'm eliminating Rutgers, Maryland, and Northwestern because all three of those are giant, great cosmopolitan cities. But you're re- that's really not a road trip to a Big Ten game. In other words, right. if you're going to go watch Ohio State play in Maryland, you're really going to go to DC and then you're going to go to a football game on the side. If you're going to go watch Ohio State and Rutgers, you're going to go to New York and then you'll stumble <laughs> into a football game on Saturday. And the same thing with Chicago with with Northwestern. But in terms of like true Big Ten, I mean, to me, those are the three best are, are Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, and then Michigan would be would be third just because of how big the game is. But Penn State, you know Wisconsin what? are right at the top for me, buddy. So I've never been, I've always wanted to do it. I've never been able to go to a road game in the big 10 and in part just because of like scheduling conflicts and whatnot. And I didn't have a ton of money in college to like get out there and and do that. Uh, But one of the things that, I mean, you you kind of brought it up. If you were taking somebody from the sec and I wanted to take them to a big 10 game, I would want to take them to something that's emblematic of what I consider to be the big 10. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of my all time, like one of my favorite things to do is I like watching like crowd videos and stuff. And if nothing else, Wisconsin has a really like cool, 
I think, inclusive, interactive uh, student section where they do a lot of stuff. Now, granted, they throw a lot of batteries and they say a lot of terrible things. Yeah, (laughs) but that happens. Right, it happens. And there's there's some really great videos on YouTube where they're singing like "Build Me Up Buttercup" acapella, and it's the entire student section. And they, you know, and then of course, jump around and all the other stuff. That to me is what I remember growing up about like college football and whatnot. And I, I would love to be able to see that in person. I would love to tailgate at Iowa just because I, every time Iowa fans come in, like it, they just feel like the type of people who you can be comfortable around for several hours yeah. while you eat, you know, brats and, and drink beer and just yeah. stare into space and look at corn. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. Like I want to, I like that environment. I, I like that kind of collegiate uh, football environment. So them, Nebraska, like, I don't care that it's not the wildest or craziest party. I just no. want to have a nice comfy corn on yeah. the cob in one hand, <laughs> brought in the other hand. And just, yeah. you know, we're chill. I think you can chill do that. With some Midwestern dudes. I'll tell you what, I think you can do that at every single Big Ten stop, have True. other than like Rutgers and Maryland, because they would be different. But care. I think the, the traditional Big Ten stops would, would all ac- accommodate your wishes of corn on the cob and brat. I, right. I, unfortunately, I never went to Iowa, so I can't speak to that. Um, because basically the whole time I was in Columbus, I don't know that Ohio State, I think Ohio State only went over there once in like the eight years that I was in Columbus. So we just never worked out. But the most unique, and the reason I put Penn State number one is because it's really like NASCAR because they, there's, no, there's no hotels. And so there's 200,000 cars that just park and they start coming in on Friday with RVs. Yeah. And they start driving in and just parking in empty fields and set up this tailgate. Johnny, the last, it's like a half mile of just RVs campers. Like, it's crazy. It is the craziest damn thing. And it's unlike any of the other Big Ten spots because the rest of them are, are the most of the rest of them are in, you know, either big or decent sized cities. Um, you know, none of, the, none of the rest of them are in the sticks, like Penn State's in the sticks. And, right. and so there are no hotels and there, there's no, so everybody has an RV. And so like when you just walk around there, we got, we, they played at eight o'clock the last time I went there in 2014 and we got to the, we got to the stadium around two o'clock and I just walked around for a couple hours and just took it in. And it's a beautiful setting. It's happy Valley's really pretty Mount Nittany's right there. Um, it's an appealing place for sure. It's, it felt, if you can separate the stuff that's happened there, it feels like the most collegiate uh, like it feel like a place. Ironically, it feels like a place like you could send your kids to go to school and you'd be like, "Ah, oh, they're good here. Like nothing <laughs> right. bad's gonna happen here." I mean, which is the irony <laughs> of all ironies. But like, if you you would feel that way, like you'd be like, "Oh, this is. I mean, there's there's no crime in in Happy Valley. Like, are you crazy? This is so collegiate." Um, but but yeah, it's there's a lot of really cool. There there, there are when you add Nebraska to the mix. If you think about this from like let's say you wanted to write a book and you wanted to travel with Ohio State for a year and write a book of all the places they went or over a two year period, and you really get a a nice cross section of all that college football can be in the Big Ten, in that you get these traditional powers like Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. You get these big state universities, which most of the schools, you know, in the Big Ten are. And then you also get like this incredible cosmopolitan feel being able to travel to New York City and D.C. and Chicago. Uh, In that sense, the Big Ten really on a week in, week out basis is different than any other league. I mean, there's no other league that offers that. that I think think that's a great observation. I think it's an excellent observation because that's that's the feeling. Well, and part of it, like, you know, I'll watch the SEC or even the ACC or whatever, and a lot of times, and I understand that there are 
you know, there's different fan bases and they, they, they really emphasize how different they are, even though they're like, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, they're only about 150 miles away from each other. But it, it feels really yeah. samey, if that makes sense. Like, I, I know yeah. that's not true. I know Florida, you know, is not the same as Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. No, not- your perception is correct. If, if I were to put you into some of those towns and you and I didn't you weren't allowed to see like the color of the fan base. And by right. that, I mean, the colors of, you know, apparel <laughs> they were wearing. Right. Like if you, if you, if I, and I were to drop you into Tuscaloosa and tell you were Gainesville, you'd be like, yeah, this probably seems about right. Yeah. And I that's mean, my point. They're, like, it just feels like they're all really other... cool, but they're all pretty much the same. Yeah. It's like magnolia trees and, and people in, yeah. you know, and cocktail dresses cool. and whatever. Yeah. But it's, which is great. And it's not near the diversified, not nearly as diversified as the Big Ten. Well, that's the thing. So I was also thinking about this while we were talking about it. Like, I would, I would love to see a football game in snow like in a snowstorm i love cold weather i love the snow and i want to be dilly bardan i want to go to minnesota when it's like no, 25 don't. degrees outside and i forgot of snow on the ground like i want to see a game like that it's no, been my don't. dream for a long time no, no you wouldn't get that in another John, conference John, johnny 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 what you don't you don't want to go to minneapolis <laughs> in november i've been to minneapolis in november i was there in yeah. 2014 and it was it was like nine it was like I think the air temperature was like seven and the wind chill was like 15 below zero. This is awesome. What I would tell you is that Minneapolis, I forgot about Minneapolis. Minneapolis is a really cosmopolitan city too. Like that's a great city. That is a fantastic city. Um, But we were, we were there in 2014 and it was seven degrees, 19 below wind chill. And the wind was relentless. I mean, I felt like that poor dude trying to sell used cars in Fargo. Like it was so (laughs) cold. Like you want to do a lot check? Fine. We'll do a, what the Christ we'll do a lot check. I mean, that's what it felt like. Um, and it is, I mean, you could feel your, and I wasn't even shooting the game. Like I was in the press box, but I had to stand outside and do live shots for like, you know, for 10 TV for like an hour and a half afterwards. I couldn't feel my face. It was so, I mean, snow is cool. Snow's cool, but freezing. And in Minneapolis, it gets freezing. But if they ever played in October, I highly recommend it. Like late October when it's just a little chilly, I would highly recommend it because they do, they have a great campus that they have a great campus and a great stadium. That's a solid spot. That really is. There's just not a lot of talent around, you know, Minneapolis to choose from. So they're never going to be able to build like a real program, but from the standpoint of a cool university, it definitely, and they're, I mean, their hockey facility is incredible. They're bad. It's just, it's a cool place. There's a, that's what I mean. Like outside of, you know, Illinois and Purdue and even Purdue, you know, like Neil Armstrong's there and there's some brick buildings, but, Outside of the, I mean, Illinois, I just can't think of anything redeemable, but there's, <laughs> but like, you know, even Purdue has a couple of things, but those are the two worst spots, but everything else in the big 10, there's some really, and Michigan state's a little underrated. I mean, there's some good spots. I would recommend that as a fan. Look, I know everyone wants to go to the shoe and see the bucks at the shoe, but there's some really cool road trips that aren't terrible and you can, and they're really there's a lot of diversity to them and I highly recommend them. And I think it would be a fun thing for Buckeye fans. If you haven't had the opportunity to go to some of these road venues and see Ohio state play on the road, because it's, and it's a cool community as a fan because there's always a bunch of you there. So you're kind of all in it together. It's a nice, I would highly recommend that. Well, you know, we were talking about Rutgers, right? Not being a good fit and and just really not adding a lot to the big 10. And I was, (laughs) well, and I was thinking about, Minnesota and the new stadium, you just mentioned the new stadium. And I'm like, talk about living within your means, right? I mean, they didn't build a gigantic, huge stadium, but everything I've seen of it looks amazing, right? Like people love going there. It's got a really cool setup. They they obviously started selling alcohol, which is a draw, Mm -hmm. but you know, 
to me, that's what the Big Ten can really be if you're not going for 100,000 people in a stadium. And right. I love that. I love the fact that we have room for teams like that and fan bases like that. Um, you shouldn't have to play, you know, in the giant, you know, domed stadium for the NFL no. team. Like, they should no, be able no. to have that, and they do, and I think it's really, really awesome. I, I want to check yeah. that out at some point. I would recommend it. Plus, it's an easy flight from Columbus. That's a direct flight to Minneapolis. That's an easy flight. It's a hub, so it's a million flights a day. Like, that's an easy one, and I, I do. And plus, there's some, there's a place, uh, there's a restaurant there called The Butcher and the Boar that is just fantastic fantastic food and uh i remember they had uh you i don't you you drink the whiskey a little bit they had a weller 12 uh bourbon that's a it's most people say is the closest like pappy van winkle 20 um they had weller 12 bourbon it was like six bucks a pour i'm like (laughs) this is the greatest place i i sat there by myself on a friday night and it was freezing i sat there by myself at the bar and ate like pork bellies and just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like pork belly and pork cheek or whatever the hell. It was so good. Um, but I, that was a, that was a, that's a great spot. So there's a lot of great spots in the, in the big 10. And I, you know, I think, you know, if I would recommend that if you have the means in, in the words of uh, Ferris Bueller, if, they, if you have the means, I highly recommend take checking out the Buckeyes on the road a couple of times. Cause there's, and I was thinking about, I mean, like really Maryland's a great one for a family because you can get tickets for nothing and you get to go to DC and see the history. Right. And, you yeah, know, what's more not, dignified than D.C. right now? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I didn't want to get into that. You're, you're I, was, dude, <laughs> I wanted to bait you. I wanted to uh, bait you. No, I, well, I, I, bait I got about maybe six hours of sleep in the past, like, three days just because <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to process things and explain it to students. It's and it's hard, just. Man. I don't envy you. Doing, it's going great. It's going great. It's going great. <laughs> You're getting to America's youth. God bless you, buddy. You're shaping the youth with trying to explain this, the absurdity of this election. Uh, Do we have any, uh, ask us any things this week, my friend? We do. We have uh, several actually. Uh, So Alvin, uh, Asian chipmunk here, our good friend, Alvin Lim. uh, He actually hit on something that was annoying me last week. So I appreciate him talking about it. And by the way, you guys can hit us up on ask us anything by sending an email to dubcast at 11warriors.com or sending us a tweet at 11dubcast. Uh, and he says, I recently saw a store advertise the sale of Christmas trees and decorations. <laughs> what is the appropriate time of the year to start advertising for Christmas stuff and playing Christmas tunes on the radio and in public? All right. That's two different questions because uh, I think the stuff can come in the store before you hear the songs. Right. Um, so I was at Costco last week, which God almighty do I, I love Costco and everybody I know who's a guy loves Costco. My wife hates it. I love it. I mean, I would go there every day. It's the greatest thing ever. And I don't know if it's just because like, I feel like I'm smarter than everybody by getting stuff cheaper or I don't even know what it is, but I, I need this five gallon drum of ketchup. I need yeah. it. It's God, it's great. I mean, at the cheap gas, I mean, it's the whole thing. It all works. Um, but I was there and they had the trees up and they had all the Christmas gifts out and the Santa Clauses and everything. And I thought, boy, this is like beginning of October. Yeah. Like to me, that should be November one would be the earliest that the Christmas stuff should come out. Um, I do. I don't know why anybody would go shopping like out in, in the real world for Christmas when you have a, the invention called the internet, why right. in the hell would you shop? Like go fight the lines when you can just sit on your laptop and get the exact same deals and everybody ships for free. Yeah. What in the heck is your motivation to go fight it? There's not, I, I don't understand it. I so have no idea like why it. anybody Some people that. like the chase. They're I crazy. Think. They're out of their minds. Um, out of their minds. Say... I mean, I, I can't, as for the songs, 
Yeah, no, that's probably the day after Thanksgiving. Right. Okay, and that's fair. I, I don't. I don't have any problem with that. If you want to give me the Christmas cheer and whatever after Thanksgiving, I'm cool with that. I just think that it's absurd that they would go into Christmas already because to me, it shortchanges my two favorite holidays. Like, I love Christmas, right? Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. Christmas. I love being with my family, all that other stuff. But I love Halloween, and I love Thanksgiving. And to start all this stuff before that, I just I just think you're shortchanging some of the best parts of the year for me. And I don't like to see all that other crap out. And I don't like to see, like, having yeah, to think about Christmas gifts. Because it's not – I'm not there yet. I, I'm I'm there usually – like, I'm there as soon as Christmas break starts at school. And that's, like, two yeah. days before Christmas this year. So <laughs> I got a ways to go. I got a ways got to a go. a long ways to go, Coach. Yeah, I, I – by the way, I don't know how Halloween became, like, recognized enough that it's on calendars. Like, really? who got that through? No, like, what, what's – I don't understand how that happened. How did we get like that, that through? I feel like that should be, I don't know. I mean, granted, I love Halloween. I was a huge. Well, who doesn't? Like, is it, are you kidding me? Dress up, get candy. Like, they're yeah, just going to give fantastic. us candy. The greatest thing but ever. I always thought but it was like an everybody thing. I thought everybody enjoyed Halloween. All no, I think we all do. I'm just surprised that it got pushed through to get, like, recognized nationally. Yeah. Like, that somebody yeah. stood up and said, you know what? We're going to recognize this thing where you dress up up as a goose you know ghost goblin dracula and we're, you're gonna go around you're gonna give the kids candy like and somebody said yeah rubber stamp it let's do it like how the hell did that happen like of all the things that could have been you know like you know paid attention to a holiday whatever you want to call it like nobody gets the day off for halloween but you get the point right uh, it's on every calendar so it feels like it's a big deal we do it at the same time every year like how'd they get that push that through yeah you know, i'm gonna have to look into that well, see how they got it's that definitely, it's a uniquely american thing too because i just remember when i was in japan and you know all the americans who were over there who were teaching english and whatever we wanted to we wanted to do it up for halloween right we want to have a costume sure, party yeah. we want to have a big dance we want to we want to party and you know we're there with New zealanders and australians and other japanese people obviously and people from germany and they're all looking at us like we're crazy i'm like no right. You've got to do this. And so we right. have a big damn party and it's crazy and it's fun and whatever. But we had to teach these other cultures how to eat candy and party in costumes. <laughs> I felt like that should be something that's a universal human experience. Um, all right. All right. I'll, so I'll, next I'll here, this is from Alex. Uh, he uh, basically he's just talking to us about, um, you know, going out and watching the game and whatnot and how mm-hmm. you would prefer not to drink during the game, which I, again, I'm yep. completely on board with. I want to be as yeah, over and lucid as possible when I'm watching football. Uh, he yep. wants to know though, does it bother us when, uh, you know, we're watching a game that some of the people who are going to be with us are going to be cheering against the team, even though they may not have an affiliation with that team. So, you know, how you oh, go to like a party or yeah, something and the yeah. people just cheer against you just to cheer against yeah. you. Does that ever bother you? Yeah. Uh, no, because I think I, I was that guy when I was a kid. I mean, the reason I'm a Lakers fan is because my dad liked the Celtics and I was an antagonist at a young age. So, I mean, uh, people have been, people are always that guy. It, it does. It is a little frustrating if somebody just decides to pick like my, my, uh, oldest son now, like if I, like if I'm watching the bears, then he'll just like the opposite team just to stick it to me. Um, which is a little frustrating. Like I kind of want to smack him. So I do see how. <laughs> that that can be annoying. Like if somebody's just picking the opposite team, but most people who watch football games in Ohio, if they're Ohio State games, you rarely see somebody who isn't rooting for an Ohio isn't rooting for Ohio State, the state of Ohio. That's rare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, there are a lot of contrarians out there, a lot of people who annoy me. And again, from being from Southwestern Ohio, oh god, I, I <laughs> my, my life is 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 just uh, when i was especially when i was younger just a living hell of people who are like yeah i like michigan i'm like god dang it 
But <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. It, I think I think there's something in the water where they just want to find an excuse to get on my nerves. But yeah, I, it's just something you got to deal with when you're watching games with other people. You got to learn how to get along with other people. That's one thing I've learned in life is that, you know, even if they're on purpose trying to make you upset by being your student and wearing Michigan shirts every day because they know you write for Ohio <laughs> State blog or any number of things that they do. You just got to let it slide a little bit and enjoy the game. And it helps when your team's really, really good. But yeah, um, yeah that, it can be difficult. All right, last one here. This is from Jason. Uh, he has a very interesting convoluted question. And uh, I'm going to try to get to the gist of it here. So he found it surprising that I uh, said that I was a big fan of jam bands, but then okay. I'm not really familiar with the Grateful Dead, which is true. I mean, I do enjoy jam bands, like, you know, Little Fear, yeah. uh, so on. Uh, but I'm, I'm just, I never got into the Grateful Dead. Widespread Panic, I like them. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's like saying that, you know, you're, you're, a big fan of shark movies, but you've never seen Jaws. So he's saying right. he, he wants us. He wants to test our our musical knowledge a little bit. Oh my a, god! A, kind of an odd question. And he oh says, "All god. right, so here's the scenario: You are okay. a record executive, and your boss has told you that your job depends on you taking three college football coaches of your choosing and making them right. lead singers of existing bands. So let's pretend ability to sing is not an issue for the coach. You're just trying to find the right fit." So I'll give you a couple examples. He says Dana Holgerson uh, replaces Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Um, Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> replaces Joey Fatone and NSYNC. And Mark Helfrich becomes the third mother's Bob brother and joins Devo. Oh, my gosh. This is a cu- crazy convoluted thing. It is. It uh, really is. Okay. I will, I would, I'll, I'll start it off with, though, and I'll say that um, I, I would definitely want uh, uh, Brett Bielema to join Big and Rich. Um, I think that would be a good fit. I think he'd be, think he'd I think be really successful in that. What's funny is like he's from Iowa, but yet he's still just the perfect hillbilly. Like right, it's, exactly. It's great. Yeah, I think on a side note, I think he would be a great professional wrestler. Like I could see him riding into a ring on like a giant cow with yeah. like overalls on and right. nothing else. I mean, Strong I think he'd be out of his mouth. That'd be perfect. Yeah, he would. He would absolutely like on a Brahma bowl. I could see him just being a great professional wrestler. Um, boy, off the this is a crazy question. Off the cuff, I like Charlie Strong to me looks like he could be an NWA. That I think that good. would work. I think oh, he could do that pretty good. Intimidating dude, that would have been excellent. Yeah, yeah, I think he would be menacing and you know straight out of Compton. I think that looks like something that he could do. Um, I would say Nick Saban could be in Kraftwerk. I think that would be good. I think he would definitely do the the weird, you know, German Euro trash pop stuff that that would just freak people out. As long as it's dark and depressing, or Tom Waits. But the Tom Waits band, actually, that's Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio would do that. Mark D'Antonio would be good for that for sure. Yeah, boy, this is a tough one. I'm trying to think of another another fit for a coach with a band, and I got to be. This is a crazy question. I mean, Harbaugh would after the his performance in the Who's Got It Better Than Us could maybe be like in the Beastie Boys. Yes, he might be. That would be. be Oh man, that's a perfect fit. I love that. Yeah, I could see him yelling you know, at us, you know, it's something that, that might work. Do we have any like smooth, like really Cliff Kingsbury's the one like, boy, he could be, uh, you know, he used the Joey Fatone in sync thing, but like he, to me, Cliff Kingsbury looks more, you know, like all of the country that basically just boy band now, like all those guys, they all just look the same and they all, their songs also. I think one of the guys like Luke Bryan or something, um, 
Like he could be like he could just replace Luke Bryan. Like, would you even know the difference if all of a sudden Cliff Kingsbury was in place of Luke Bryan and he was singing whatever songs Luke Bryan sings? Would you could you even tell the difference? Like he would I be that to team might be the best not one. Tell the difference at all? Yeah, I don't think I could at all. And there's like a hundred of those guys that all just kind of sing pop music and right. uh, they pass it off as country and they sing about I don't know driving trucks or whatever. So I I think. I think that would be a perfect fit. That was one of the craziest questions I've ever been asked in an Ask Us Anything. The table, the bar is now raised. I mean, that I is... I tell you something, though. The tables are turned a little bit on this question because my brain works perfectly for this kind of thing where it's just jumbles of things that really yeah. don't go together and you don't really have to form a coherent thought. You just say two yeah. things in, in succession. I'm great at that. You're the, yeah. you're the polished, like, I know what I'm doing guy. I'm the yeah. guy who's like half asleep because I've been yelling at this kids was all day. Tough. And I, I was waiting for someone to ask me a question about combining yeah. college football coaches and really insane bands. So thank you, Jason. Yeah. Thank you for making so well me done. confident yeah. on the dumbcast tonight. Yeah. I, appreciate I, that. I felt, I felt, I feel sort of okay about my Charlie Strong, but that's really it. I, no, that I was good. That, that that's was a tough one. one. That's a tough one. That's a it tough one. Tough. Uh, all right. So, so that'll do the, the, that's the program for this week. And we've got Wisconsin. And like I said, folks, we're in the meat of it now. So this will be fun the rest of the way. Um, and look forward to seeing how this team performs uh, under the bright lights and look forward to a Saturday night and being able to just watch your game and being your, having your game be the one everybody's talking about. So it's going to be fun and I'm excited to see how it all, how it all shakes out. And I look forward to talking to you again next week, my friend. Yep. Same deal. Talk to you next week.